0: Bella is a feature-length documentary film about the life, work, influence, and impact of Los Angeles-based dancer, choreographer, and arts activist Bella Lewitsky, who was referred by dance critic Walter Terry as one of the greatest American dancers of our age. The film incorporates rare archival footage of Lewitsky's performances and interviews with Lewitsky's former students and dancers, and it demonstrates how uniquely Californian this artist was. Her vision and her tenacity influenced the lives of not only her dance company, but her fellow citizens. We're joined today by the director of this wonderful documentary film about Bella Lewitsky called Bella, and that would be Bridget <laughs> Renee Bridget, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Oh, thank you so much. You know, I, I taught film in schools for 28 years. Did you? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, that's another reason
0: to have you back on the program. <laughs> Bridget, this is a wonderful film about someone who I did not know, even though I am a Californian. I knew I knew the name. I'd seen the name before, but wasn't Mm -hmm. familiar with her work and the influence and impact she's had on so many people for so many different Mm -hmm. reasons. Uh, Mm -hmm. What prompted you to begin
1: this project? Why Bella? Bella Lewitsky? Well, I was a dancer myself, and I was studying with one of her students from CalArts, Susan Rhodes, in Boston. That, that's where I'm from. And uh, in 1978, the Lewinsky Dance Company came to Boston to perform. So I met Bella and her husband and people who were in the company, and I was enthralled by them. Um, so uh, the following spring, I went to a workshop in Buffalo. And after that, I did two workshops in Idlewild, California. And in 1982, I moved to L.A. And the only people I knew were Bella, her husband, and people in the company. If you ever met Bella, you would understand why I had to do this film about her. Um, She was so dynamic. She was just an incredible woman who fought for everything all her life and she yes was one of the greatest dancers of the 20th century but she was also a very outspoken arts activist um especially on issues of freedom of expression she has been forgotten and she's been written out of any history book dance or any kind of cultur- cultural history book and she's so important to the development of culture in Los Angeles i knew it was a film that i had to do no matter what is it because she
0: was outspoken or was it because she was from the west coast and we generally think of a dance as an east coast kind of monopoly on on, on modern dance at least or dance in this country or as a combination of things what what why was why would that be that she would be forgotten or written
1: out as you said well i think uh um, she stayed here yes in in the west in los angeles she never moved to new york And, you know, her good friends did, like Merce Cunningham. They were very good friends. He was from Seattle originally. Um, In the 50s, a lot of what we now call the icons of modern dance moved to New York City. And it was really the beginning of this huge movement. One, another issue for Bella was that she was blacklisted um, in 1951. So people were not apt to hire her. Um, She did do a Broadway show. With Agnes DeMille during her blacklisting period. But uh, I think that's a big contributing factor to why people don't know about her. And also, she was a woman. Okay. I think women of her era, especially women in dance, especially a blacklisted Jewish woman, had a really hard time being posted in the icons of history.
0: There's a through line into what you just described in relation to Agnes DeMille
1: mm-hmm. and how
0: Bella pays it forward in a way mm-hmm. in the film and I thought without giving it away to see her bravery, to see her stand mm-hmm. up to something that in this realm of the arts where money is at such a premium to stay mm-hmm. alive in this in this field, mm-hmm. she was willing to take some significant risks and that says a lot about and that's what the film is about, her integrity, her mm-hmm. artistic vision and her dedication to the people who have been with her who are in her company etc you know let's talk about you mentioned that she's considered one of the greatest American dancers of our time as described by Walter Terry and by yourself how how what was it about her the way that she danced did she incorporate other kind of artistic influences what what was it about her that, that made her such a standout dancer
1: she was incredibly strong She was incredibly clear about her dancing. She had amazing elevation. And all of these really were a result of her work with Lester Horton. I would say that they were collaborators on the development of the Horton technique. People always refer to her as the body that Horton created the technique on. Well, I think that there was a head attached to that body and a brain in that head, and it was a lot more than just having a puppet and he was pulling the strings. Yeah. By the time I was studying with her, she had just stopped dancing. She had just stopped performing on stage. I believe she was 62. So she performed till she was 62. But I used to take class with her. Sometimes she'd be in the class with me. And she's in her 60s and she could outdance any of us on any day of the week. She was just Amazing And people who saw her in the 40s and 50s really described her as this incredible, dramatic theatrical dancer. She had an incredibly strong core. She could balance for days. And she was just such an an amazing teacher as well. And anybody who took class with her was so impressed because she demonstrated everything and she could do it all. She she was a very impressive human being.
0: It sounds like you're saying in a way that it's her physicality, but there's also got had to have been more than just her, the physical prowess that she had. And yes. and as we see in the film without again giving too much away, the reaction that Lester Orton had to watching her teach a class tells me a lot to reinforce what you said. There in the in the film there's a moment which he I would say confronts her but questions her about mm-hmm. what she's doing in her in her own instruction, mm-hmm. which tells me what I need to know about her her own artistic vision. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair okay. way to put it? Yes. Oh, perfect. Her husband was also Newell Reynolds. I want to talk about that influence, the collaboration of sorts. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. an architect. She's mm-hmm. a dance professional. Tell me a little bit about that interaction because I thought that was a fascinating part of the film.
1: Well, they met while they were both in the Horton Dance group in 1939. Um, And they were married in 1940. And and as we talk about in the film, Newell fell out of love with dance because he was interested in the athletic part of it, but not much else. In 1946, when they formed Dance Theater, both Bella and Newell were partners with Lester Horton. Newell primarily took care of the business stuff. And since he had been in the army, he knew all about the GI Bill. And in fact, when Bella was blacklisted and she couldn't work, he went back to school in the GI Bill, and that's how he became an architect. He, he went to USC um, and became an architect. But they were, as we describe in the film, such a couple very committed to each other, very loving. They were amazing. And, uh, you know, Bella says she taught Newell about dance and Newell taught her about architecture. So when you look at her work, you can definitely see the architectural influence. Newell also designed a number of sets for many of the pieces that, that they did. And he also designed and built their home in the Hollywood Hills in 1959. And then in the early 70s, added a dance studio to it. So it's where the Lewitsky company rehearsed for years and years. When he retired from being an architect, he really worked for the Lewitsky dance company full time. Yeah. And he traveled with um, Bella. He was so proud of Bella. He just adored her and he really would do anything to help her and the company make it in the world. So he was an incredible partner for her. It is further evidence of what you're describing. He
0: helped build that, yeah, the studio that was on the grounds of where they lived, which mm-hmm. became a dance studio for teaching, but it also became a place for her company to, mm-hmm. to be a part of it. And in again, it's just a wonderful part of getting to know her is I think that's fair to describe that she was tough on her on her students and on her dance company, mm-hmm. but it wasn't personal Mm as evidenced by the way that she would bring them in for dinner after our day of Mm -hmm. uh, instruction or whatever. Uh, That's the part, again, that's another part of the film that that not only we get to know her as the artist and her work, what we see in the film, is so compelling, visually compelling. And also, Mm -hmm. obviously, the relationship to music, I really was drawn to some, there's one particular piece that is considered groundbreaking. It begins with an R. Requero. Yeah, Requero.
1: I wouldn't say Recuerdo, because she she did that piece in the early nineties and she okay. continued to choreograph through ninety seven. I would say this her yeah, Recuerdo is a beautiful, beautiful piece, and it's very different from a lot of her, her other work. And in fact, I, I heard from somebody who saw the film that he was very surprised because he only thought Bella did abstract work. Mm-hmm. And Recuerdo is anything but abstract. It's it's you know very personal. So she had other pieces, probably Kina Sonata would be the piece that she's the most known for. And that was a piece that the Los Angeles Dance Project reconstructed and performed at the Joyce Theater last year in New York and got rave reviews. That piece was choreographed, I think, in 1971, and it still holds up. So I think that that's probably her signature work is Kina Sonata. And that's the one that is uh, attuned to the
0: rhythm of a particular piece of music.
1: Yes, that's where she talks about how she set out this problem for herself, and it was to work with the Gina Sturm music, and to really. And she had never done that before. She would usually choreograph a piece and then have the music either written or find the music afterwards. But for this piece, she set out this goal that she wanted to work with the music and to, to Try to find a way to work with it that was not cliche written, which we see a lot of the times.
0: Well, there's so many pieces that we see in the film, the dance pieces that are so compelling, but one near the end with the, the three women sitting and the woman mm-hmm. in red, in red. And beautiful just beautiful to look at i just i quickly want to remind our listeners we're speaking with bridget Murnane, and she is the director of this terrific documentary film called bella the story of bella Lewitsky, who is one of the preeminent choreographers and promoters of dance in america in the last 100 years in addition to all of the the work we're talking about she was a part of uh she was part of cal arts when it started uh left there in a for a very reasonable reason. There was no theater apparently for, for her to perform her pieces, which I thought I'm sure she thought was going to happen. It's when she signed on. But mm-hmm. also the the attempt to build something in downtown Los Angeles. So she was she was an artist, but she was also she was a visionary about how to maintain and, and expand the the uh the reach of dance into the community, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and I would say the, the dance gallery, which is what she tried to build in Los Angeles, she envisioned really as a global dance center. And it, it was very important to her that it was based in Los Angeles because she was really interested in Los Angeles becoming a global arts center. Um, something I could not include in the film because we didn't have time. She was the programmer for the Olympic Arts Festival dance section in 1984 in Los Angeles. So, she brought companies like Pina Bosch, like Sankai Juku to the US for the first time at that festival. So, and at that festival, she promoted dance in Los Angeles and every kind of dance in Los Angeles. It was pretty amazing.
0: Well, it's a beautiful documentary film. Again, it is going to be opening here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Royal this Friday, November 10th. Be looking for Mm -hmm. it. Uh, It has won awards. It is. It is being, yeah, it's 17 awards for Best Documentary, including at the Dance Camera West uh, Film Festival. And uh, so many reasons to see this. If you like dance, if you love dance, you'll see it. If you like dance, you you definitely should check this out because she is one of those people that you want to know more about. And we certainly get to know Bella Lewicki, um through this film, Bella
1: one, one thing I wanted to mention is that I'll be there for Q&As on Friday and Saturday nights. So that's the November 10th and 11th. We'll have Q&As after the film. Terrific! And by the way,
0: if you're in Los Angeles, you know Los Angeles, the Lemley Royal is right there off Santa Monica Boulevard, right off the 405 freeway. Mm-hmm. Go past the New Art. And on your right-hand side, just down the road, you'll see the Lemley Royal. And so we're talking Friday, November 10th, as well as saturday november 11th you'll be there for q and a's for q and a's and it runs for the whole week and it runs for the whole week so well bridget murnane thank you so very much for your time thank you for bella and i look forward uh to you coming back you mentioned before we got started that you're you taught uh, film for uh several years uh love to talk to 28 you. 28 years <laughs> 28 years thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate the film and thank you uh for being here on film school Radio. Thank you.